comes the president, 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 do president, president, do, 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 president. That classic inauguration song we all love. We've done it, everyone. We have president, 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 president. This is the special, the inauguration happened, but we're not going to talk about it any more than that episode. Welcome to Road Sodas. Welcome. Welcome. And thank you, President Insert Name here. <laughs> yeah, we recorded this uh let's see on November second, so we don't know we don't know November the November second, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't know the res- we we don't know what's going on. It could be anybody. Oh man. Welcome. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I mean exhausted, but like pretty good. But I would like to uh right off the bat apologize and and post a retraction okay yeah to uh to my dear father uh apparently he does know how to use hotkeys and called me a butthead through text now which father is this okay so this is this is the one that uh that i grew up with uh, (laughs) okay that i think spawned me i think i got his uh his shitty jeans coursing through my veins we talking levi's no no i don't have it's it's lee uh, jeans dungarees inside of me yeah nice uh, the levi's are on the outside <laughs> uh but yeah dad we're sorry we now know that you know how to copy and paste and exit things without using a mouse congratulations alt tab though for dad, the record. Yeah. show me you can use a computer without using a mouse then i'll be impressed there we go change to different windows specific windows <laughs> Just stick and move, man. Stick and move on the insults and the digs on on the the technology proficiency of my parents. Actually, yeah. I mean, you know, I talked to him today, and he seemed to think that my mom might not know how to do those things. And I was like, Mom definitely knows how to do those things. And she was there, and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah. Speaking of follow-ups, I got a follow-up. I'm going to show show you a little image here. I mentioned all the abandoned cars in the parking lot. Yeah. They came and towed them all. Nice. They're all gone now. They actually, there's wow. already a new there's already a new class of abandoned cars already popping up at work. You love to see it. A new class? Yeah, like last year's class graduated and okay. we've got the, we've got the new class, the the young bucks, the greenhorns. I wasn't sure if they were like sticking to a particular theme. I will say the last cars were all at one when they were new, they were luxury cars and had just been, you know, mistreated, <laughs> literally recklessly abandoned. And uh, and these cars are more your early 90s Toyota Corolla, uh, perhaps a Camry, maybe Avalon. Yeah. Or a Tercel. Ooh. Yeah. There might be a Ford Fiesta kicking around in there. Who can say? But, you know, dude. You don't break from the shitty early 90s Toyota theme. <laughs> <laughs> They're showing real heart. They're showing real promise. Nice. And so I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on uh, on their developments. But the other follow-up I have, post this photo as well. Yeah. Down by the bay. I went and, I saw, I saw. Went and maintained my nails down by the bay. I figured I'd, right. I'd take a crack at it with my own clippers, not the ones that were there. Uh, I brought my own. And uh, it was a lovely time. Bay. Where the nail clippers grow. Where the nail clippers grow. 
I clipped my toe. I clipped my toe. You do not know. I did not know. What joy I had. What joy I had. Clipping my toe. Clipping my toe. Down by the bay. Down by the bay. Where the nail clippers grow. Where the nail clippers grow. Ah. I wish that bit was longer, frankly. Man. Second verse, same as the first. (laughs) Insert second (laughs) verse here. Uh, so that's that's our that's our catch up on our uh our you put now catch up official on your nail clip toes. <sighs> Whoa. That's our now official catch up segment. You guys got any hunts out there? Is that hunts? a regional catch up? You know what? I'm not buying a lot of ketchup these days. What about, you know, ketchup packets? Do you get those with your fries? See, I'm I'm going to places that have like their own branded fucking ketchup or they're getting like Cisco brand. I see you've like, gone fully San Francisco on me. No, oh no, not like nice places. I just mean like Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A oh, okay. uses like actually no, I think they use a. I think they have all their own sauce except for the ketchup. I think the ketchup's probably Heinz. But uh, but no, now that you mention it, I don't think I've seen Hunts in a while. Okay. Yeah, maybe that right. is regional. We'll have to look into it. You would think Heinz would be regional, but uh, I guess they cornered the market on processed tomatoes or something. Yeah. Good well, job, Heinz. Well done. The internet let us know. Yeah. Dude, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, tomato capital of western Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Ah, but yeah, we got a correspondence from an anonymous, uh, the name is Anonymous Anonymous, and then I think I know who it is, but, you know, they don't give their name, so anonymity sustained goes as follows, and it does not get the background music because this, this dope just wrote a heartfelt nice thing, but not in weird prose, so it's going to be easy to read. Shit. I'm catching up to the podcast, and here James had a few days in the hole. Here's a funny link. Mr. Warden, I would be seriously remiss if I did not ask on your well-being after the where you... Ooh. I would be seriously remiss if I did not ask on your well-being after... I'm going to guess the episode where you double-fisted Jaeger and Jim Beam. A noble cause, but I hope all is well in the world and work is better. I find myself deep in those pits more than not these days. No deodorant. I'm going to stop. That's a good joke. I like that joke. That is a good joke. Back to the read. May the attached picture make you laugh like I did when first seeing it. Uh, and it is a picture of a a dog wearing... I, I, I think it's... It, does, it looks diaper-esque, but I think it might be underwear on a chair. I'm not entirely or, certain. Or some nice, like, white Daisy Dukes. Yeah. And then uh, then there's a P.S., which it does not need, because it's P.S., reason for my lack of earship, would be contributed to the book series Stormlight Archives by Braden Sanderson, transcribed for us mongrels to listen to it while pooping. Now, We're competing with Braden Sanderson? Shit. Well, that, that must be the famous author Brandon Sanderson's brother. Zing, got your ass. <laughs> you gotta come with a bigger dick than that. <laughs> Satan Branderson. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to out fantasy me, whoever whoever this might be, and yeah, if you're listening to the newest Stormlight Archive, which I think came out a couple months back, that's gonna be it's gonna run you I think 54 hours of audiobook in just that one, and that's the fourth in the series. So that's a lot of pooping, but you know, have some brand muffins, you'll be fine. But I mean, if you're if you're listening to it when you're pooping, uh, there is an app for this. <laughs> I know, I know we discussed it earlier. Just yeah. before you throw on your audiobook, 
why don't you throw on that app? Yeah, check out uh, our previous episode, the one where we uh, make poop jokes, which I think I believe was just one. I think we keep the bathroom humor pretty well confined to a single episode. <laughs> well, it belongs in the bathroom. <laughs> ah. Now that that business is out of the way, thank you, thank you for writing in, and uh, I, I'm doing fine. I just wanted to have some Jaeger that night, and then I'd already poured myself a drink. I'm doing good, but thank you for for checking in. And it's never wrong to check in with anybody. So, big ups to whoever you are. I think I know who you are, but I love you. I love you, regardless. Nice, nice. Yeah, but yeah. How you been, man? Uh, I've actually been pretty good. Yeah, uh, uh, to I'm, be honest, I'm aware of some uh, some monumentous. Let's see, monumentous moments. That's a horrible sentence. I'm gonna bail. You've had some big shit happen last week, bud. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as you all know out there, there's been a lot less lighter flicks in uh, in the audio of the last couple of episodes, and that's because. Uh, sorry to the guys at work. There's a couple of you that listen. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I was looking for a new job. And, you know, still am. Still am in the interviewing process. Just testing the waters, quite honestly. I mean, I know I'm doing all right at what I'm doing, but I stopped smoking weed. And, you know, people thought 2020 was a weird year. 2021 is clearly off to a much stranger start. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, this will come out, I think, after the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady has either won or lost the Super Bowl, but not with the Patriots. Yeah. Very strange. The capital wasn't in possession of the U.S. government for all of 2021 so far. Yeah, which I don't think's happened since uh, the, the Canadians got in there uh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, back in the War of 1912. Yep. <laughs> and the strangest one to me, you know, all those, all those, you know, I, I could have seen coming. This one's really weird to me is Ben's been high infinitely more than I have this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's wild. Yeah, that's a real curveball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting dirty on them, Eds. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we don't have to get into specifics, but I'm glad things are doing well uh, on your end, you know? It's, it's exciting. Yeah. The exciting things are exciting. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Thanks, man. No, uh, really what he was talking about is... Um, my loving parents helped me purchase a, a piece of land, which I will be posting naked pictures from. Fuck uh, yeah. That's what like I was constantly. waiting for. Yes. Yes. That's that's really why I bought it, is is to be naked, but not be arrested. All right. You know, being in a city is not that fun anymore. We can't go to shows. We can't go to restaurants. We can't go to Fenway. Like, basically, the only good thing about being in the city is like i can still get a pizza and and driving is a little bit easier yeah but other than that not fucking worth it not at all yeah and you can walk to get beer yeah not always an option Quite outside honestly, of cities since we moved that mini fridge out of the living room i always have to walk to get beer <laughs> no matter no matter where i am yeah. hell yeah Man, speaking of of you making big life steps, let me uh, I'm gonna grab some. I'm gonna let me grab a thing real quick. Okay. Either vamp or do nothing. If it's great, we'll keep it in. If it sucks, we're gonna keep it in anyway. All right. Uh, all right, listener. So I am I am preparing a cocktail here, and it is a Jack Daniel's double. So 
what you need is one bottle of Jack Daniels and one glass. And you pour until it looks like a tasty amount of whiskey. And that is a Jack Daniels double. I'm back. I hope it was great. I look forward to listening it. to it. Now, Jimbo, what I've got here is is uh, yourself with one less layer of clothes on. Also mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But it's. Oh, yeah. I know what I know what you're holding up to me. It's my eighth grade journal that we had. We were forced to keep in uh, a class that we both had. Yeah. We were like either the best worst students or the or the worst best students. And I think the teacher the teacher really wanted us to be creative. And sometimes we just weren't, but the way we styled our journals on the outside, it was one of those composition notebooks and she had like the laminate kind of sticker stuff. So we could, she gave us a bunch of magazines to cut up basically and make a collage out of it. And so mine was, mine was like a real typical eighth grade or collage. I think it had like Crash Bandicoot on it and a bunch of other video game shit from GamePro. And Ben's Ben was a little more creative, I think, back in the day. And uh he had he had some some real solid cover art, but you know, I can't speak to the contents of either of our journals. I, I don't think I I remember one prompt that we we even had in there. Let's see. Well I found something that I wrote on September twelfth, two thousand one. It's pretty boring. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking for a specific entry, but I just found a story I wrote that's frankly kind of racist. So we'll just tiptoe right across that one. Good job, young you. Yeah, the the project that I took from this, and I think we talked about this before, but was the autobiography that uh that we wrote of ourselves. I think during that year. During eighth grade. Yes. And mine was titled, Hey, let's be reasonable here. <laughs> you had some you had some some gold in that one. I found the entry I'm looking for here. I I'm sure I I had you read this at the time, but probably not since, because that'd be weird. But I wrote this October sixteenth, two thousand one. And for anybody wondering, the first word is James and it's a reference to Jimbo. James and I found a time machine in the woods. We got inside through a large opening. We started pushing buttons until we went shooting through an alternate dimension. Since we didn't shut the door, we fell out from the extreme pressure. We landed in a big pit of jello. It was blueberry, my favorite. We swam out of the gelatin to emerge in New York City. We knew it was New York by the gargantuan neon sign that said, Welcome to New York. We grabbed the newspaper. The date was March 98th. Looks like I wrote 17,803,850,931 for the year. We got jobs at a nuclear-powered McDonald's flipping greasy burgers. We grew up to live unreal We grew <laughs> We grew up to live unrewarding lives making minimum wage until one day since we fell out of the time machine, it went to farther into the future. We discovered the time machine again and went back to the day we found it. We set off looking for ourselves, but we could not find us. So we went back to the time machine, but it wasn't there. The end with a question mark. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What? 
What a slice of life that is. Nuclear powered McDonald's. Yeah. Minimum wage in seventeen billion though is is still pretty good. Yeah, it's probably up to like sixteen dollars an hour by then. At least. Oh man. What what a year. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Let's see. A week later, I wrote this this gem. I'm tired of writing memoirs. At first, they were okay, but now they're old. I'm running out of things to write about, and I forget if you said if we could make up a story. Until I find out, I guess I'll be writing memoirs. However, this is not a memoir. This is me asking a question, so I'm not even sure if I can write this. Sometimes I confuse myself. What an asshole. <laughs> what a little shit. Yeah, rather... I. Th- Part of this journal was, like, she just wanted us to write for, like, five minutes at the beginning of each class or something. Or, like, once a week. There was, like, journal time. And I think I think that's why you have weekly entries, but you have also the confusion. Because she, you know, she probably clearly explained it. But we were dealing with, like, 9-11 and being 12 years old. And so we were just like, I... Do I have to keep writing memoirs? I don't have enough memories to create memoirs. Dude, yeah. this is wild. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I gotta stop reading this. When uh, did that come back to you? I don't know. I, I At some point, I picked up my uh, my yearbooks, my, my high school yearbooks, which I have two of, and that notebook. All right. And uh, just kind of had them. I really don't know when I picked them up, but. I have it, and I I remember writing something about us going back in time and working un, uh, working at McDonald's and having unrewarding lives, which I thought was a, a very funny like a, like for an eighth grade kid to just assume like ah we're gonna be we're gonna scrape by <laughs> you and me, bud. <laughs> well, that's your adventure story. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's so so wildly out of you know the scope of our lives. Exactly in real life. We're working slightly above minimum wage, and we yeah. only eat the greasy burgers. We've made it firmly into the lower middle class. Congratulations. Fuck yeah. Speaking of eating, I don't know if you've seen... Uh, I've been just letting the beard just go. Yeah, well, I noticed it was a little bushier this time yeah. around. And uh, I've been eating apples more lately. No particular reason. Just getting into apples. Now, when I'm you like- eat an apple, do you just bite into the skin, or are you a knifeman? I'm usually a skinman, okay. but if I if I plan on dipping it into like some peanut butter or something like this, mm-hmm. I'll obviously you know cut it up first. You know how Papa eats apples? He's a knifeman, but and here's 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 the caveat that I have a problem with. He puts the slices into his mouth with the hand that has the knife in it. Like, Whoa. like he's he's bringing the knife towards his eyes and and, and vitals. <laughs> Hell yeah! Every time he's eating an apple slice, so a, a rogue sneeze could really interesting up his look pretty quickly. Uh yeah, and his vision and and maybe you know his his frontal lobe. Hell yeah! Well, the reason I bring this up is that I'll, I'll have it as a work snack. You know, I'll, I'll rinse the apple and then I'll be on my desk, but I've got the mask on. You know, to be responsible. So I just kind of shove the apple up under the mask, take a bite, pull the mask back down. Oh, okay. And because of this, I pushed some of the beard up in front of my mouth. And then when I took a bite, the apple pushed some beard hairs straight down in between my teeth while they were still connected to my chin. Uh huh. And I hadn't had that happen since I left Boston, I don't think. I don't think wow. I've had a beard that long in, uh, in a long time. Okay. Felt good having beard floss again. Nice. Nice. 
I don't think I've ever been there. Like, I, I've had, you know, uh, hairs that were close to my mouth that were long, but nothing off of the chin that actually got into the yeah. mouth. When you can floss with your chin hair, it, it feels good. You're that's, like, look at me you know. growing my own rope. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. that. That gets you into the House of Representatives back in 1854. <laughs> that definitely gets you a nickname of some kind. Honestly, when you were describing how you were eating the apple at work and shoving it underneath of the mask, I thought you were having like a pregnant mask and just ha- had the mask like holding the apple to your face. And you, would, oh, <laughs> you, using you the mask just, as like, a holder, hands free. I mean, you'd have to rotate. It. I mean, you could probably rotate it with your lips if you, yeah. if you really tried hard. But like that would just make the inside of your mask all gross. It'd be so sticky. <laughs> It'd probably smell pleasant for like a half a day. Calling it uh you, you were just setting me up for transitions here. I fucking love it. Calling it a pregnant situation with the with the apple. I was in a convenience store a couple weeks ago, a week ago, and happened to be walking through the prophylactic and and you know pregnancy test aisle mm-hmm. and i hadn't i don't look at pregnancy test brand names for obvious reasons uh one i'm a man uh i can't get pregnant i'm pretty sure i mean i've seen junior but i was about I'm, to say that movie's based in science i'm not quite as big as arnold yet so i i don't think i run the risk of getting pregnant but well we just give you a c-section it's fine it'd be a d-section dude oh because of my penis Yep. But I digress. Uh, the brand names for fucking pregnancy test shit are getting out of control. And I, I feel like this is the only real opportunity I can get to post these is because if I post them, even just as a joke on my regular account or anything, people are just going to assume there's a reason. Well, tell you what. I mean, go ahead and, and put them as the first picture on the post and we can just pretend like we are pregnant. Yeah, Exactly. So, not only are we pregnant, James, but we've got... Dude, pregnant. <laughs> pregnitude. <laughs> Bitch, I'm pregnant, all right? You ca- you're trying to come up into my uterus and fertilize one of my eggs? How many life forms do you think are growing inside of me right now? Bitch, you pregnant. Then, next to that, was was this... Would you call that pre-seed or, or pre-seed? I mean, it's pre-seed, which kind of sounds like a weird form of like proceed, like proceed. Well, I read it since it's in the pregnancy aisle. You know, I read the E as the, the pregnant E sound. So pre-seed. So it's apparently. It precedes your pregnancy. It's apparently lube that you put way up in there. For, it helps your sperm go the distance. Whoa. And it's, it's extra lubricant, like you have lube for your dick, and then you have lube for your sperm, like once they're in now. Well, wow. then, just in case you had any other questions, I just like this swim count. <laughs> the home sperm quality test. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's so nice. That's how a man can tell if he's pregnant or not. Isn't isn't the sperm home quality test like the gag reflex? <laughs> yes sorry mom (laughs) pregnitude 
Oh, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it, not to, you know, bring up a serious topic, but uh, pregnancy has been on my mind uh, because I spoke with one of one of my friends who, uh, who insert name friend here, uh, is pregnant with his wife. He's about to give birth to his wife? Correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she is... She got in there somehow, and, and she's ready to come out. How far along is he? <laughs> they say ten weeks, but you know they could induce a little earlier if they if if, if it's right. If the moon's in the right phase, what's the gestation period on a fully grown woman? <laughs> now this one's gonna t- throw you for a loop, but uh, nine months. Okay, All right. I know, yeah. Yeah, not that bad. When you're 32, it's it's still nine months. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. So they're gonna have a kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, uh, when they they were getting the ultrasound of of the kid, I don't know if this was like the first ultrasound or or what. But apparently, one of the technicians, as soon as they saw the scan, was like, "Oh, what." <laughs> <laughs> Not a reaction you expect. <laughs> well, this friend and a lot of my friends, you included, are known for having large heads. I don't know why I have so many friends with large heads, but uh this guy also has a large head and they're having a boy and uh this boy right now as the ultrasound technician said, uh the head size is in like the 98th percentile. <laughs> That's a big head. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, I really hope she does a C-section. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we all, we we probably all want that. <laughs> we're, we're rooting for that right now. I mean, unless her vagina's in the 98th percentile of size or something. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a ratio I don't really want to know. Well, yeah, like how do they have like the standardized test score percentiles of, for of like, for like head from an ultrasound scan? Also, you... You'd think that ultrasound would be just the noise you make from a really good high five. Like, that's that name's too cool. <laughs> that's like a rad 90s term. Like, ooh. Ultrasound is the sound that accompanies a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the synthesizer soundtrack with the drums. And- <laughs> when you give the double finger guns, it's the ultrasound. Uh, speaking of sweet 90s drums, uh, Reagan and I watched under siege last night just now, because tommy lee jones gary Busey versus steven seagal and cole meany yes eh, okay <laughs> he personally kills him i'll give you cole meany but uh but i don't like it actually no he doesn't kill cole meany it's the uh the lady with the fucking the, the lady with the bolt-ons is the one who kills cole, cole meany the playboy playmate yeah yeah miss july 89 classic yeah, well, I was one. I, I have fond memories of that magazine. We were scrolling through last night thinking what to watch. It was early enough. We had plenty of time for any movie. You know, duration, not an issue. And I, it was just one of those like, what do we think? We, we wanted we wanted something with no we, we wanted something with no meat on the bones. Just something shallow. Take it to face value. And no, no Preferably drama. Some, one of those ones where somebody jumps out of a cake, but there's also lots <laughs> of dead bodies. Well, so I was like, how about just like a really shitty, awesome, over the top action movie from like the either late 80s, early 90s? And Greg was like, yes. And so then I was like, let's see if Under Siege or Under Siege 2 is available. And they both were. So then I had the, I don't know, I think I did the right call, but I, we went Under Siege. And we're just going to watch Under Siege 2 
probably not tonight, but tomorrow, who can say? Okay. So what was the plot of Under Siege? They were trying to steal, like, Tomahawk missiles or something from a boat? Yes, so... And Steven Seagal was the chef, like, the the CIA plant chef, Special yeah. Forces chef. Yeah, so it's a classic, the Navy versus the CIA on sort of the, is the overarching theme of, of the film, but Tommy Lee Jones was a CIA operative who was, his expertise was taking over ships, which I don't know if that's really, that can't be a thing. I mean, maybe hijacking things in general, but, uh, well, I don't know, regardless. I, I used to work with a guy and, and he was a really nice guy, so like I absolutely didn't believe this about him, but like his tattoos said otherwise and all of, all of his social media posts said otherwise. They said that he was on like a special group in the Navy that was like specifically like kind of anti-piracy. And like after the pirates had taken a boat or when the pirates were in the process of taking a boat, like that was their expertise. Okay, that's fair. So I think some people have some idea of of the skills required for that. And I don't know, you know, it's not like something that you just practice all the time because. Well, apparently Tommy Lee Jones's character did, because basically for reasons they kind of get into is that they sent Tommy Lee Jones to steal a North Korean nuclear powered sub that they've somehow gotten. Like they have a sub that's capable of firing nukes and is also nuclear powered. And so he goes and takes that to destroy it. And then, for reasons that they absolutely do not get into, the CIA decides that he's gotten too insane. He's flipped. They never say what that means. They they specifically make it sound like it's his mind has flipped, like he's cracked, but they keep using the term flipped. And they send a couple guys to kill him. Literally a couple, two. Two men to kill this guy that they're like, he's the best of the best. And they say, So in two this dudes. movie's universe of the CIA, when you get like occupational burnout, they're just like, rather than pulling you out and just, you know, kind of doing a rehabilitation or some desk work, we just have to kill him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was in Miami, which not sure why we needed that bit of information, but that's where it was. And so he mailed the CIA, you know, he mailed Langley back their two forefingers from their right hands, just, I guess, as proof. Who can say? So all that happened in exposition about halfway through. We, we, we learned that about halfway through the movie and literally just through people talking to each other. And then at, during the same conversation, we find out why Steven Seagal is so good at killing everybody. It's because Steven Seagal was on. He was, he was the leader of SEAL Team 5. Casey Ryback. Casey Ryback, the chief operator of. SEAL Team 5 and every other member of SEAL Team 5 was killed due to some bad intel. And everybody in the Navy like looks across the table at the CIA guy and he's like, who, me? And then... Could it be? So, yeah, (laughs) pretty much. They're like just making cheesy faces about like that sort of... Anyway, and they decide that uh, Casey Ryback, Steven Seagal, decides he doesn't want to do murders anymore. And this, like, battleship captain loves this guy for some reason that I don't know if they fucking allude to. But he's like, I'm going to hire, I'm going to bring him on as my personal cook on the ship 
That way he stays enlisted and he can fi- uh, f- uh, finish out his 20 years and get his pension. Do you remember who the, the ship's captain was? I didn't recognize him, but he was an old white man. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking it was Fred Dalton Thompson, but now talking about it, there was another movie from like 1989 or 1990 that was also on boats that was way better. It was called The Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. That, that was the one with Fred Dalton Thompson. That's the turn your key, sir, right? Is that that one? Uh, turn your key, sir. Turn your key. <laughs> it's got a lot of great lines, but yes, I believe that's I think in there. that's from that one. Yeah. But yeah, so all that's exposition. and uh, But the plot is basically a helicopter lands on this battleship that's about to get decommissioned. And, and it's they're having a birthday party. Having a birthday party for the captain. Now, Gary Busey's second in command. He's the one who wants the helicopter to land as a surprise, as a surprise thing for the captain. Captain, he's too smart. He, he, he knows the helicopter's going to land. And inside, they got a big set of 80s boobs on a chick with absolutely no butt, who really just kind of looks like a little boy that somebody put breasts on, which, hey, I was going to say no judgment, maybe a little judgment if you're into little boys with breasts. That's... It was it was the style of the times, man. I guess, but I, it doesn't help when they literally put her in a small man's clothing at one point, just to because obviously there's no women's clothing on the navy boat. But anyway, then Tommy Lee Jones and his and Cole Meany uh, take over the ship because it turns well, out Gary, Tommy Lee Jones. What was his disguise? He came in ba- dressed up basically as Axl Rose. <laughs> he was the entertainment. He was going to be the rock star. I got a bandana and a leather jacket. And he's playing a harmonica, but there's another guy in the band who sings, so I don't even know what he was even pretending to be. But his name was like Bad Billy and the fucking... Oh, what was the name of the band? Oh, so stupid. Anyway... But yeah, then they take over, and what they're going to do is that he didn't sink that North Korean sub. He's got a bunch of Russians commanding it, and he's going to steal all the missiles off this ship. And so they they get straight to, you know, all 90s and 80s movies, action movies, there's always sparks, like a ton of them. Like, there's always a reason for you to be in a warehouse that's just the sparks factory. Yeah. There so, are foundries literally everywhere. That's a yes. fact. If yes. you look at the stats from the 90s, there were foundries one every square mile. In well, the look, United they're, not, States. they're not called lostries. They're foundries. They're, we know where they are, Yo, and they're everywhere. It's not out-distry. It's industry, baby. These guys are just... <laughs> damn, nice. These guys are just finding loose, bright yellow painted steel I-beams up that are just around and ha- welding them to the ceiling as a system of rails to just move nukes through the battleship on, which... Granted, never been on a battleship in any meaningful capacity. I've, like, stood on them on field trips and shit. But, like, I've certainly never handled nor seen a nuke be handled. But uh, I don't think you can just pick them up and slide them around on the inside of a ship. Those are traditionally really cramped quarters, which you can... That comes off in the film. But, you know, a little hand-wavy, they're just welding a lot. But So you end up with, like, a hundred men welding in the background of the entire film. Which is just great, great scene work. Then Steven Seagal, he creeps around. He's really bad at creeping around. People are constantly seeing him and shooting at him, like, the whole time. He he gets, like, almost done what he's trying to do, and then they're like, hey, is that a guy just there, like, out in the open? And he's like, oh, fuck. That's the movie. Yeah. So, I gotta say, I like Under Siege 2 more. Yeah. Under Siege 2 is that same plot on a train. Yeah. Um, 
He's still a chef, I think. Still a chef. I think there's still a helicopter. And the train conductor, he just wants to keep him on to get his three-year pension with the train company, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So, I mean, like, this is Tommy Lee Jones at kind of his earlier career. Dude, I had to look. We looked up how old he was. He was 46, and he looks the same as he does now. Yeah, well, I'd say... Even then, he he looked, you know, into his late 50s. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, he looked really rough younger, but he doesn't look much rougher now. So it's sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I guess good job. Who can say? Yeah, so you you got, like, a pre-Men in Black Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. You got a post, no, no, pre-Point Break Gary Busey. Yep. So, I mean, like, these are two pretty good bad guys. Trade that for who's the bad guy in number two. Um, Eric Bogosian. That's correct. Fuck. Hell yeah! <laughs> Just like the curly-haired, like droopy-faced, like could yeah p- throw a punch if he tried. Yeah, it's but dude, it's lest awful. lest we forget Cole Meany, who in a few years after that movie Under Siege would be one of the sort of antagonists, although obviously not the bad guy, but the uh, the antagonist to John Cusack in Con Air. They work for the same company in Con Air. Yeah, but he's still an antagonist. He's not the bad guy, but he is an antagonist. That depends on who you view as the protagonist of Con Air. I look, I could write, like, books about Con Air. Look, Colmini provided the 63 Stingray Corvette that allowed John Cusack to get to the Boneyard so quick. It's true. I'm just saying, if anything, a resource. <laughs> Man, John Cusack's character wears sandals in that movie, and that's never explained. He's with a suit. He's just in, in sandals and a suit working for what, the ATF? Uh sure. Something like that. US Marshal Service. Something yeah. I think I think they handle the prisoner transfers. Uh my favorite part of Conair, uh by far, um, at the very end, when they're in Las Vegas on the strip and then they hijack like a, a fire truck and end up in like a construction site in like two minutes. Again, nineties, yeah. they're just they, you can't like walk two steps without tripping over a construction site that has like pneumatics and, and fucking sparks all over the place. Yeah. My favorite scene in that movie is one that just doesn't work. There's a chance I talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. Is you could tell the writer really expected the line to hit, and I think about this line probably once a month, just because of how like it's just a, it's someone worked so hard on it, and then the editor and director were like, we're gonna make sure this line has no impact whatsoever. So everyone's seen Con Air. We don't need the plot, but it's at the part where they're refueling the plane in the junkyard, and the like drug cartel guy has made his own plans to get away on like a, a private jet, and. So you got that guy, and then you have the main bad guy who's playing this all is played by John Malkovich, whose character's name is Cyrus the Virus. Now, that's important. I think he was also supposed to get on that plane because he was going through the drug dealer's lawyer. And then, like, the drug dealer tried to do a double cross and just leave him in the boneyard. That could be. That could very well be. But uh, the jet takes off, but it's still, like, covered in crap and, like, blows through, like, half of the hangar. And so it ends up – or no, no, no. Nicholas Cage has tied a uh, an anchor to it somehow. He like tied a rope around it, so the plane like rips in half. No, what happens to it? I know gasoline spills everywhere. So John Cusack operates the crane or uh, That's the, what the lift is. mechanism of one of the tow trucks, and and that comes down on the back tail of the plane. 
That's what it is. And so now jet fuel is going everywhere. Nicolas Cage does attach the uh, the hook cable to the Corvette, though. Okay. I knew I knew that happened <laughs> at like some point. Like the same yeah. sequence. <laughs> okay. So now we've got this, the, the, the drug cartel guy is now lying in a pool of gasoline that's growing bigger. And Cyrus the virus is, is standing there smoking a cigarette. And he's like, you tried to screw me, man. He's like, come on, Cyrus, please let me, like, like I, I was, co- I was just coming to get you. I wasn't double crossed. I was coming to get you, Cyrus. Cy-. And then now what, what the writer wanted to happen was for the guy to be saying Cyrus. And then he's interrupted halfway through the word Cyrus. So he says, Cy, and then John Malkovich's character finishes that sentence with Anara and flicks the cigarette and it hits the gasoline and the guy burns to death. But instead, the editing, and also because that'd be, it's really, there's no gap between Cyrus, it's Cyrus, it's one, the, the syllables flow together instantly. So there is no pause there. And so the editing is him going Cy and then Anara with this dramatic pause and then he flicks the cigarette and it's just like damn that dude was so proud of that line that that was a line that he wrote and then like leaned back in the chair cracked his knuckles and was like I'm good for the day I'll work on this more tomorrow yeah well because <laughs> nobody called Cyrus the virus sigh in in the movie before so like why even why even launch into that i realize that sigh is the first sound in his name but like nobody called him sigh everybody called him cyrus everybody added the virus after his name yeah like he got called cyrus the virus more than cyrus yeah i think about that all the time and how that that poor stupid fucking writers probably just like yeah that would have been cool i mean it wouldn't have been cool it would have been cool in the sense that like that movie's stupid and awesome and over the top and amazing, but do you think he he parlayed that? Well, whoever whoever it was, they parlayed that into a bunch of like '90s party sex. They were just like, "Look, I have I was a writer on a Jerry Bruckheimer and uh, and and fucking Michael Bay movie. You're gonna know when you see the movie that that was my line." And then yeah. he's like, "You know, maybe maybe I'll take you to the premiere, maybe." Yeah. He's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. What? Really? <laughs> God damn it, that line was tight as a drum. You can fly a goddamn plane full of convicts through that gap now. Yep. Oh, uh, man. So, Under Siege was a thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know. How many double ratings would you give it? Let's see. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 10 and then for gore i'd give it like a one a comedy a four although i don't know if it's intentional these are all out of five obviously except for the middle one which is out of seven and a half nudity we're gonna give a one just because i'd give it a zero but there is one shot of just some classic fake 80s boobs or i guess fake early 90s boobs but i mean it's on a navy vessel so she's literally the only woman in the entire movie and then, so all that taken into account, I'm going to give it a 6.7 out of 9. All right. As the That's final. Cool. To keep with tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, man. You know, I, I can't say that I disagree with any of those ratings, but I'll give you my review. And this is, is as if I haven't seen the movie. Of course. In in our tradition. So um, I'll give it 10 out of 10. Glory was a weird movie where they made a bunch of guys 
march and they ended up like all dying and losing the battle oscars are giving out <laughs> oscars being given out like candy armageddon keeps rolling in these friggin oscars i'm kidding i'm kidding glory was actually a good movie starring a lot of great actors and matthew roderick <laughs> burn <laughs> yeah carrie elwis like you way more than ferris bueller man I was I saw the end of Biloxi Blues the other day, and I forgot how much uh, Christopher Walken carries that film, and not Matthew Broderick. You know, you saying the first part of that statement, I saw the end of Biloxi Blues the other day, was like grounds for fighting, like a couple <laughs> years back. Just like, man, uh, you shouldn't waste your time like that. I've seen that movie on Comedy Central multiple times as a yes. kid. Yes, we, we all did, because we all had Comedy Central. Boy, it does not hold up. No. It is not a good movie. It's it's like the siege of comedies. <laughs> I mean, if you get that joke, it's it's fantastic. Look, we talked about the siege earlier, so hopefully all of our loyal listeners have looked up the siege, and we're like, yeah, this, this movie just, just was a little ahead and behind its time. Hell yeah. I also recently watched... Um, these two sort of, we'll call them like, I guess, horror movies, kind of, but not really, not in your traditional sense. But it's uh, Resolution and The Endless. They're by the same director and they're related the Endless stories. Resolution? No, you got to go the other order. Very important. Okay. Resolution first, then The Endless. I, I enjoyed it. Slow burns, weird movies, they're good. And then we watched uh, Rose Island, which is uh, the true story of how some uh, Italian engineer in, I guess, like, I think 1968 just built basically just a an oil drilling platform except just the platform without the drill in international waters off of italy and just tried to secede from italy and they blew it up i mean spoilers that sounds awesome i mean it's a fun movie like it's do they read all of the guy's manifesto or just some of it i mean it's it's got engineering it's got boats it's got people drinking chinar on a platform out in the ocean what year did the did the movie get made or did it take place? The explosion. 68. 68? Okay, yeah. So we need to find the reel-to-reel of this guy's fucking manifesto. Like, just <laughs> just Jim Jones, like, white knight, white knight, we gotta, we gotta get out to the platform. But all in Italian. It's like... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's called Rose Island. It's, uh, I think, on Netflix. Give it a watch. I, it's, it's, it's cute. It's fun. And, uh... Sounds pretty fucking wild. There's no nudity. Whether that be a yay, you know, zero good or out bad. of five. It gets a zero out of five on nudity. I'm sorry, just want to get that out there. Damn it! All right. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I've watched too much new stuff in the last week or so uh, since I've seen you, but that's because uh, since I've stopped smoking weed, my dreams have been more intense. Ooh, exciting! Yeah, yeah and I'll. Uh, I look. I hate people who describe their dreams, so I'm going to be one of those people right now. Love it. Yeah. The last memorable one I had, I was up in Alaska for whatever reason, tracking this evil spirit. And I think, I think it mimicked the, the Port Chatham, uh, ghost, if you will. There, there it goes. Was that our boy? That, that's the Port Chatham ghost. No, I think that was a car. I think that was a, it didn't have, yeah, it didn't have the same, uh, je ne sais quoi of that fucking scooter. (laughs) You can tell when it's the scooter. 
because of how long it takes to get up the hill because yeah. they're going full <laughs> throttle and it still takes them a minute to get out of like earshot. <laughs> but no, so the Port Chatham ghost, uh, there is a cannery and a fishery and I think a logging camp um, in like the 30s and 40s in this area of Alaska. And they ended up abandoning it because like so many people went missing in the woods and their bodies would turn up like fucking mutilated. And so that was kind of the beginning of the dream. <laughs> All right. Strong <laughs> was, was, opener. Was me just finding mutilated corpses and hunting an uh, evil spirit with a couple of guys. One reminded me of like Clancy Brown and the other reminded me of a character from a mystery science theater movie called Werewolf. Okay. Yeah. Billy, the Native American. From Predator? No. Nope. <laughs> but uh, but not su- not Sonny Landsman, the guy who who needed But that a guy security. is Billy who plays the Native American. <laughs> he, uh, I think his backstory is largely unexplored. <laughs> I think I think we need the Billy So maybe prequel. it's the same character. Quite honestly, a Predator prequel would be amazing. If we could get like the Billy origin story to predate predator is that oh yeah there's a pun we can figure out a pun we'll workshop it damn right well so as dreams as dreams go you know i didn't encounter anything scary so it it just kind of rambled on and so it started getting dark i started getting worried i was gonna get like eaten mutilated by an evil spirit so i went into town because there's still a town because it's a dream you know you turn around and it's like oh there's town yeah we were right next to it the whole time. Go to the hotel, and guess what? The Confederates have control of the town. <laughs> they have control of the hotel. The Union's got them blockaded in there, but they're like, you can't stay there. Like, you can't even go in. We're about to blow it up. And that's where the dream ended. I feel like seven-year-old James wrote that dream. <laughs> I feel like he did, too. The Just weirdest like, thing is... is guy, like, guys, there's ghosts. It's Alaska. There's ghosts. And then we got to leave because we couldn't find the ghosts. Then we go out back to the town. Because there was a town. I forgot to We go back to the town. But then uh, it's the bad guys from Civil War are there. And they're going to blow up hotel. <laughs> exactly. Well, the weird thing is, is like I hadn't looked up or researched or seen anything about that Port Chatham monster probably for at least a year. All right. The last, the last ghost story monster quest type thing that I remember watching was, yeah, like almost a year ago, like kind of right when quarantine started. So like 10 months. And I haven't even really been into the Civil War that much in the last couple of months. I mean, it, look, I know a lot about the Civil War, not as much as like Civil War historians or reenactors, but like still like know a fair amount. But just for like the Civil War to fucking railroad my dreams like that is <laughs> real ballsy of them, honestly. Yeah. That fucking rules, man. It sounds like a fun one. If if uh, you know what, this one might be subconscious. Seeing all those fucking Confederate flags in in the last couple of weeks. That's true. They've been on the rise. Hopefully, not for long. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, I've got some some sleep stuff for next week. We can talk about. I've got some uh, advantage, which which for us will be just in two days from now, I believe. But uh, for you listeners, will be in a week. So. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, it'll be like December 2019, I think. I think so. Something like that is how the... (laughs) It's how the timelines on this one's working. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Vanity Plate of the Week. Vanity Vanity Plate of the Week. Now, this week, week I just barraged Jimbo 
with a, with a, with a handful. He's gonna he's gonna riff on what he likes. We're gonna riff on what's good. Okay. Only two. Ooh, did I send a third email to just a fucking stranger? Well, I'll I'll start describing the first one. All right, this one appears to have been taken. Ooh, all the way back on Christmas Eve of 2020, and this is a uh, a nice Chevrolet Tahoe. I think it's a mid 90s model, and it's one of those special California plates that says "Dad Kid." Yes. Dad kid, man boy, man child, dad kid. <laughs> I'm dad to the kid, dad, dad to the kid. Would it have been any better if it was kid dad? <laughs> like I mean, that, 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 you know, that at least opens the door for like a possessive. It's like, I'm the kid's dad. Yeah. <laughs> dad kid is like... Uh, did that 12 year old father a child or? Yeah, it really ma- kind of makes you wonder, like, what was the intended goal? Cause there's a space. So it's definitely dad and kid. Now there's a wild chance a popular license plate format out here is your three initials, a space, and then your partner's three initials. So you and I would be JTS space BCW, you know? That's assuming you have three initials. Exactly. Now, de- having the initials be dad and kid, I- I'm not w- willing to concede that point. That's too unbelievable. So what that man? leaves us with dad kid being the intended description. What it, is that just like a divorced dad who's really trying to be cool? He's like, check it out. I got your name on the back of the car, but I planned on getting divorced a, a second, maybe even a third time having multiple, you little rugrats. <laughs> multiple you little rugrats so therefore i'm just putting kid on the back instead of you know dad mike uh which would be the name of my fictional son in this scenario <laughs> good good yeah uh all right number two number two i have a subaru so already love the driver like absolutely fucking love this person extremely cool person guaranteed yeah. Yeah, uh, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru is the shitty person behind the wheel. Yes. Yes. Um, This one is another one of those dark uh, limited edition, blah, 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 California plates. And it says NY bagel, nye bagel. (laughs) Yeah. Like I know New York loves its bagels, but yeah, bagel strong, bagel strong, New York. That seems insane to me to just I'm going to pay money. To, to just put this one out there. Yeah, Not and it's NY pizza. No, no, NY bagel. And here's the thing. Bagels are so well known as being like, you know, like, like croissants, French. Bagels, New York. We know this shit. Not really. Technically, croissants are from Vienna. I know. I know. But I'm just saying we associate. The, so they could have just gone with bagels as the license plate. Then I'd laugh by putting New York bagel on it. Now, now you're hoity-toity. Now you're looking down at me and and fuck you. Yeah. The <laughs> only people who would put that on their fucking license plate would be people from New York because those are the only people that are like the only good bagels and the only good pizza you can get are in New York. Honestly, I wanted to propose this legislation like a long time ago, but it seems more important now that we don't have a New Yorker in the White House, that we put a moratorium on people from New York. Both sides of the aisle, just like, hey, you don't get to say anything in public for like a year and a half. Like, just just knock it off. 
Stop it. I support that entirely. We get it. You like your pizza. We get it. You like your bagels. Fuck off. They can keep their sports. They're just not allowed to talk about them. But they can have the teams play, do whatever they want, but you just you can only watch. No, honestly, I think the uh, Jets and the Giants get seeded to New Jersey because that's where they play. Also good with that. Yeah. All right. The defense rests. <laughs> New York bagel. Sorry. We we grew up in an area that uh, is not friendly to New York. No, which is uh, basically not New York. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and and we, you know, had a lot of our, our best times in another place that hates New York way more than the place we grew up. Yeah, big time. It's funny how that works. Yep. You just go on either side of New York and they're like, oh, fuck those people. Yeah, those people that kind of sound like us, the foreigners. But, you know, if you're able to differentiate between the accents, uh, fuck those guys. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, for New Yorkers, it's it's them against the world. And it should be. Yep. Come on, world. We can do this. And now there should be a third one that hopefully just right. It was in my outbox. Which, like, what the fuck is an outbox? That's just scent. Why is there a scent and an outbox, Google? The outbox is your uh, is your email's outhouse. Pretty much. It's, it's like you didn't want to send that. You wanted he wanted to just just put that one. Look, in I'm not it. happy that I had to email these pictures, but texting photos is just not a thing I can do anymore. My phone just eats dick. Can you receive photo texts? Absolutely, it's not a problem at all. I can I can even send. Uh, GIFs or GIFs, depending on how uh, hoity-toity you want to be about It's Jeffs. It. Sorry, Jeffs. Uh, I can send Jeffs, uh, but I can't send my own photos. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm still, uh, you know, furiously hitting refresh. And... Hmm. Let me check my outbox again and confirm, because I'll just bail if need be. You think of bail? Dude, it is just not. You think bail? Dude, I think bail. We'll just get All to right. this one next just, week. Just bail. All right. Bail. Love it. Absolutely insane. Love a good bail. <laughs> we, we, we love bailing and we love just a, a, a collapsed ending like this. This is great. This is We've watched the souffle rise and uh, then we opened the door and started screaming at it and just made sure that center caved in. Gotta say, an ending that does not collapse is the ending of Under Siege 2. So if you watch Under Siege 1 and you enjoyed it, just wait. Under Siege 2. It's Under Siege, but on a train. It's under very little. It's in dark territory, man. Uh, but there is that great monologue that Steven Seagal delivers. He's known as a very verbose actor. He talks a lot. Uh, he's got these long, rambling speeches that he gives in all of his films. But in Under Siege, which is one of his first, it's kind of his, blow, his, his breakout film, it's a very long monologue that he's delivering to his very fun, classic 90s, probably described it as a multi-ethnic kitchen kitchen crew you know kind of kind of one of those classic like look how diverse the movie is we just put them all in the kitchen because why would they be anywhere but the kitchen and he's given a speech to them and the speech uh is something that jimbo memorized one of his jimbo's classic go-to monologues and the monologue goes a little something like this hit us with it jimbo but without the steven seagal buy you slang hit us with a jimbo Go. Oh, that picked up. That was neck cracks for those keeping score at home. Uh, because Steven Seagal breaks a lot of people's necks. And speaking of breaking necks, as we say every week, 
Go fuck yourself. God fuck us, everyone.